Years ago, I remember watching Larry King interview the famous Protestant preacher and evangelist Billy Graham. After a series of questions, King wrapped up the interview with one final question. Have you ever had doubts about God? I'll tell you Mr. Graham's response coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. Every weekday at 11 a.m. Central, we seek to encourage and inspire you to keep going on your walk of faith with the help of some top-notch spiritual direction. I'm your host, Patrick Conley, and once again, I'd like to offer my sincere thanks to all of you for helping us meet and exceed our $3 million need during last week's Pledge Drive. Relevant Radio listeners are so generous. If you'd still like to join the family, you can make a gift to help us bring Christ to the world through the media at RelevantRadio.com on the Relevant Radio app or by calling 877-291-0123. So Larry King leveled his final question in his interview of Billy Graham. He said, have you ever doubted? Meaning, I presume, doubted God, doubted that he existed, that he revealed himself in the person of Jesus, that he loves us all. Billy didn't hesitate a moment in his response. He shook his head and said a flat and firm no. King seemed surprised at this and asked, really, never? Graham affirmed his answer, no, never. At the time, I remember thinking a couple of things. First, that maybe Billy Graham felt like he had to answer that way for the integrity of his ministry and his legacy, and of course, one that has affected millions around the world. But next, I thought that if his answer was indeed honest, it may just have isolated him from a good portion of his audience, because to one degree or another, many people struggle with various kinds of religious doubt. But what is the technical definition of doubt? I mean, what's the difference between saying, I doubt it'll rain today, and I doubt that Jesus died on the cross, or I doubt that God loves me? And when various doubts threaten your faith, how do you deal with them? Dealing with doubt is our topic today on The Inner Life, and guiding our conversation is our spiritual director, Father Peter Arminio. Father Peter is a priest of Opus Dei and a widely sought speaker in his ministry of preaching retreats and days of recollection, and he authored the book Highlights of the Catholic Faith that many of you received for making a dollar a day pledge during our pledge drive. Father, welcome back to the program. How are you doing this fine day? It's great to be back, and um, I'm honored, as usual, to be able to uh, speak about these topics that are rooted in the gospel. Yeah, and, it, and it it occurs to me, Father, that doubt is another one of those slippery words like grace and mercy that, you know, it seems like it's obvious at the outset what we're talking about, but when you start to really get into the nitty-gritty of it, maybe it's a little harder to define than what we think. So, Father, can you start us out by defining what doubt is and how it's used in specifically a religious context? Well, I, I think we have to refine our uh, notion of doubt. Doubt could also mean uh, heading towards denial of a truth of faith or the love mm-hmm. of God or God's loving providence, that I am starting to deny that. I have my doubts. I'm not convinced of that. Um, may God be the judge, only God knows, but sure. objectively already you are uh, calling into question uh, a truth of faith, namely God's loving care for me 
for the veracity of a mystery of faith, mm. right? But there's temptation, and some pe- people uh, equate doubt with, I just, it's hard to believe that Jesus is in the Eucharist. I'm not doubting it. That's what the church teaches. That's what the gospel says. But in this quiet, uh, nondescript church where no one comes in, uh, there's no reporters, there's no fanfare, people don't even genuflect, I'm just wondering, I mean, it's not easy to believe this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to deny it because that's what the church teaches, and I, I have chosen to believe, you know, with the grace of, of baptism, yeah. that the church is guided by the Holy Spirit. So that's—I wouldn't call that doubt. It may be a weak faith, uh, but I wouldn't call that doubt. I'd call that I just don't understand, and that misunderstanding or that lack of understanding makes it difficult to accept. But I'm not going to give in to that and deny my faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think maybe I could tell, uh, you know, stop me if I'm going too long. I'm going to try to make it quick. Mahatma Gandhi had a uh, conversation with a group of Catholics, uh, let's say 1950. And he was uh, telling these Catholics that, you know, he's not Christian, but he uses a lot of the contents of the life of Jesus and his teaching, and he has, you know, high respect for for Jesus, especially his emphasis on peace and mercy and and love and service. He said, but I don't get you Catholics, he said. He said, "Uh, if I actually believed what you people believed, I would crawl on my belly every day for church, Mm. alluding to the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. He said, I don't get why you don't do that because you actually believe this. He says, I don't, but you do. And they were kind of stunned and paralyzed, and I, they were at a loss for words. Well, we do believe in the Eucharist, but we don't crawl out our belly every day to mass. Uh, maybe we don't even go, period. Right, yeah. And I would say <laughs> they didn't deny their faith. Like, you know, I didn't know who they were, but they could believe a lot more. I mean, when it comes to our faith, uh, it's fluid. I mean, yeah. one thing is... You know, a doubt is not the same as, I don't believe enough. Uh, that's, okay. that's another issue. Uh, but anyway, there's, there's causes for real doubt, though. You know, that's, that's, that's definitely true. We could get into that as well. Yeah. Um, I'd say there's two main causes for doubt where I'm denying my faith now. And I've elected to not pursue uh, the contents of my faith, not to have a relationship with Jesus Christ anymore. Uh, one is suffering. Why did okay. this occur? Why did this happen? Does it make sense? How, is this compatible with a loving God? And underneath that scope uh, of doubt is atrocities in the world, evil in the world, etc. Sure. And the other source of doubt, which is a lot, is pretty common. Probably the most common is that there's something in one's personal lifestyle that is incompatible with Christian morality. Hmm. And so there's justification for that. And so uh, I don't want to admit I'm wrong, so therefore the church has no right to tell me what to do. It's not guided by the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm going to make up my own rules as long as I don't hurt anybody. I'm cool. Um, I'm a better Christian than a lot of people, even though I don't believe in a lot of the truths. I don't like organized religion. 
I mean, it's hard to make a sweeping generalization, but being a little bit on the veteran side as a priest, usually doubt comes from someone's personal life. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. And I I really appreciate this, you know, this elucidation of what actually we're talking about when we're talking about doubt. So if I'm understanding you correctly, Father, and uh, that, well, there's a difference between struggling to believe something or maybe even we could might use the word comprehend something or um, own something. And in terms of intellectually, you know, getting through these different things that we that we claim that the church teaches to be to be true and yes. uh, something that is actually threatening our faith, that we are actually, it seems like there's almost an intentionality with doubt that turns us away from the faith. Am I right about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, we, we are confronted with some incident, whether it's personal, whether it's suffering, and we just don't want to reconcile ourselves with that. Yeah. And there's a way to diminish those temptations of doubt you know we, okay you know I, I respect billy graham but i'm going to quote a great saint saint john paul who said i understand it's difficult to believe at times mm. you know mm-hmm. and you know yeah. who believed more than he did he pulled all nighters in front of the blessed sacrament i'm not saying you know he's sharing a temptation he had it's just that you know you're pitted with the cross and the cross is the power of the church, the power of God, as revealed by St. Paul. But at the same time, uh, you can't just uh, go at it alone. You need, the, okay. you need a lot of divine intervention. And, you know, given his situation, especially in this twilight of his pontificate, I could see how we could say at times it's hard to believe. Yeah, absolutely. Our spiritual director today, Father Peter Arminio, we're talking about dealing with doubt. Do you struggle with doubt in your personal life? Have you received maybe a grace to overcome doubt? And what was that like? Maybe you know somebody, maybe one of your loved ones has really kind of grasped onto the doubt and living their lives separated from the from the faith as a result. Give us a call, join the conversation, ask your questions on our toll-free studio line, 888-914-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Again, that's 888-914-9149. Our email address, if you'd prefer to send us an email, is innerlife@relevantradio.com. Okay, so it sounds to me like doubt properly defined, as you have for us, Father, that that then is, would we say, the antithesis of faith? I mean, is it, it's moving us out of faith? Yes. Uh, I would say doubt is a, a, a more, a softer uh, violation or sin against faith. I mean, a more severe one would be apostasy, where you just sure. leave the whole thing. You know, yeah. and a lot of times th- th- that kind of doubt where I've decided to doubt to call into question, mm-hmm. that could evolve into apostasy. You know, apostasy is not, you know, you don't have to be a brilliant theologian who goes off the rails. Apostasy is, I don't want to have anything to do with my faith. Right. You know, in a practical sense, that's apostasy. I've left the church, you know. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of cases, but uh, they're prone to come back as well. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Okay. And I, I think for the with the, as you outlined, kind of a, a lack of belief or a struggling with belief. Well, I'll go back to my, my own coming into the Catholic Church, uh, which happened yes. 13, 13 years ago, and the profession nice. of faith that I needed to make in order to be received into the Catholic Church and make, obviously, truthfully, is that I believe and profess all that the Catholic Church teaches, believes, and proclaims to be revealed by God. It stuck with me for 13 years. Yes. So I'm, that seems to be like an act of faith. And a trust Absolutely. and a faith in in the in the teaching of the church that the Holy Spirit has continued to guide into all truth. 
the church that Jesus established on earth. And so with that, on things that I, but there's still things, of course, transcendent mysteries and that sort of thing that I I can't comprehend. I mean, I can't wrap my mind around. And there are some teachings of the faith that I put on the spot. I probably would struggle a bit to explain. But if I maintain that, that, you know, the Holy Spirit is continuing to lead and guide the church through scripture, tradition, and the magisterium, that that I'm still in a good place regarding doubt, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I, I, I doubt diminishes, it ebbs and flows, but it diminishes to the degree that one lives their faith. And I don't, mm. living means really trying to incarnate. You know, we fall short, we sin on and on, but we, we try to live what Jesus teaches, interpreted yeah. and guided by the church. Um, I saw, when I'd see St. John Paul say Mass, uh, I was in Rome when he was elected, but when he was a young pope, um, even if I were a total pagan, mm-hmm. I'd say, he sees something here. There's something on that altar. He sees. <laughs> yeah. yep. And I saw a picture of St. Jose Maria, you know, after the consecration, and I had the same sensation, just a photograph. Mm-hmm. I said, there's something going on. If I was a Martian, I'd say something very serious is going on here. And I'd be scratching my head. He's looking at a wafer. What's, uh, yeah. What does he see in this wafer? There, this is, there's something in that wafer. Yeah. And, uh, and you see that uh, the, as you grow in your union with the Lord, the doubts diminish. And even the saints, I mean, it's not published, but... St. Therese, and this is not to give people temptations, but even Therese Lisieux, you know, who is reputed to be, at least when she was canonized, Pius XI says she's the greatest modern saint. And that was 19, what, you know, probably mm-hmm. 30. Uh, and she starts to doubt. She didn't doubt. She said, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to believe, she said, yeah. because she was suffering so much and her interior life was dry. Mother Teresa, the same thing. She went... If my, if my memory doesn't fail me, she went uh, almost 50 years with a dry prayer, almost fe- feeling hypocritical. Right, and right. And not believing, emotionally anyway, what she was saying to the people. And we loved it. She had a smile. She said profound things about the Lord. And only to- in the twilight of her life did it come clear that that was a grace, this feeling of abandonment, of dryness, so she could identify with the poorest of the poor in a spiritual, moral way. And so then she got clarity. But for the, uh, most of her life, she did not have an emotional, experiential clarity. Mm-hmm. But we know by looking at her, she did. Mm-hmm. You know, Did she doubt? No, she didn't deny it. She was believed, but she had a struggle. Yeah, very good. Let's go to the phones, Father. We've got Dominica calling in sure. from Michigan. Dominica, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Um, I was just calling. I was going to leave a comment, um, but I I decided that um, that I would you know maybe just offer a little bit of clarity um, on the air that was once given to me by a priest, and that was um, to ask questions. Um, you know, was a good thing, and um, and there's no question that um, you know that God can't handle. Um, and so instead of saying to myself or doubting God, you know, God, why aren't you answering my prayer or you're not going to answer my prayer instead of thinking along those lines, 
Um, I just know that, you know, if, if I, if I doubt, um, that is, uh, you know, it is sin. It is sin to doubt God. Right. Um, but if I question, if I ask questions of God, then I feel like, you know, that's permittable, that there's no sin in asking God any question, you know, and it, it's even in my life, it's like, okay, God, why, why am I, why, why haven't you answered this prayer? It's been, you know, this many years or that many years. And instead of doubting that God will answer my prayer, I just ask him, you know, why haven't you answered it yet? <laughs> so for me, it's just a, it was a mental clarification as to, you know, not doubt, you know, God's timing, not, not to doubt his ability or his love for me, but just to go to him with the questions, you know, that, that I have um, in faith, because I know that God is faithful. I know that he is all loving. I know that he sees the bigger picture. And, you know, um, Padre Pio had the wonderful, beautiful example of, you know, the story of a mother who is um, embroidering and the child was sitting down on the floor and looking up and all the child could see was the mess of the, the you know, the, um, the, the um, thread underneath. He couldn't, the child couldn't see the beautiful, you know, knitted pattern, you know, from, sure. from the mother's um, angle. So I kind of look at, I, it brought me a lot of peace to, and it, it really enriched my faith to know that God is faithful and I, I don't have to doubt God, his goodness or his faithfulness. So I just wanted to share that. Dominica, thank you. You said it very profoundly. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a good thing what you do is tell the Lord, I don't get it. And I don't, you know, personally, I don't like it. But I defer to you. Give me the strength to believe and trust. You know, yeah. that's what the Lord loves us, and we're supposed to be pretty open with him. Respectfully, humbly, but honestly. Right, right. And that I think it's a good distinction, too, that Dominica makes between asking questions and doubt. I and mean, that seems to be what we're getting down to, right? That there's a difference between asking questions about the teachings of the faith, the teachings of the church, and doubting. Right, Father? Absolutely. And I think not only it's okay, I think part of our prayer life is to ask questions. Lord, sure. I'll, I, I defer to you, but I'm going to just tell you how I feel. I'm just, I, you know, this is hard for me to understand why you're permitting this or why you didn't do something about this. And but I defer to you, but I'm just going to let you know how I feel, and I want you to give me the strength to accept it in union with your cross. You know. Amen to that, Dominica. Thank you for the phone call Thanks, and Dominica. the good clarification there. And we are talking about dealing with doubt. If you have a question or a comment to make about how you've dealt with doubt in your life, or the questions maybe that you have as well about the faith, which we, of course, in uh, very many shows here on Relevant Radio, we seek to address as well. Give us a call at triple eight nine one four nine one four nine eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. We need to take a short break, but we are going to be back with more of the inner life and more speaking about dealing with doubt with our spiritual director, Father Peter Arminio, right after this short break. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
Today, we'd like to thank Steve, who is listening in Wisconsin, for donating his 1981 Kawasaki motorcycle. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles, trucks, boats, and RVs by visiting RelevantRadio.com slash car. That's RelevantRadio.com slash car. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved just like a tree. That seems to be what we're talking about today, not being moved by questions or doubt, into a place of doubt and not being being that place where we are starting to turn our back on God and the faith. Talking about dealing with doubt today here on The Inner Life with our spiritual director, Father Peter Armenio. Just a quick reminder that Relevant Radio will be live and in person at the upcoming National Eucharistic Congress, and we're inviting you to join us. Show up for Jesus at this once-in-a-lifetime celebration. It really is once-in-a-lifetime. It's going to be July 17th through 21st in Indianapolis. You can check out our travel packages for the Congress. Just hop on over to relevantradio.com slash encounter, relevantradio.com slash encounter. Well, Father, just after uh, Dominica's call there, right before the break, we were kind of distinguishing between asking questions and specifically doubt, turn, starting to turn away intentionally from from God, from the faith. And I'm just wondering, even though there's that distinction there, can questions maybe unwittingly lead us into doubt? Uh, yes and no. I sound like a politician. Um, <laughs> if, <laughs> I think that's the right answer. I mean, that sounds right to me, but go ahead. <laughs> you know, I could question with the sentiment of ebbing into doubt. Yeah. I, I mean, I could ask a question. Let's use you the more typical one am i really i mean really am i gonna go to hell because i watched something inappropriate you know am i really gonna go to hell or are you am i really out of your good graces because i played golf instead of going to mass on sunday Mm. um okay i got drunk uh a lot of people get drunk lord are you really gonna do that i'm questioning uh, yeah. I'm questioning. My question is involves questioning, as opposed to, uh, I lost my buddy. He has so much to offer, Lord. I don't understand. Mm. I want to understand. I and I want to believe more in the power of the cross. I know that's what that's all about. But right now, I'm going through a tough period. I, I really need your strength. Um, I don't understand why you did it, but. If you give me clarity, that'd be great. But I, nevertheless, I will defer to you. Yeah. That kind of questioning is not only okay, but I would say medicinal and cathartic and necessary. Yeah. So one one question is to resolve a doubt. The other question is to confirm a doubt. <laughs> yes, right. And when you said you, all the examples you gave about the, the first time, the more dangerous type of question and, and attitude maybe with which we ask reminded me, because you kept saying, am I really, am I really? And you know what? That yeah. takes me right back to the Garden of Eden, quite frankly, and the temptation of the exactly. serpent, right? Did God really say? That's, I mean, that sounds, that's got Satan written all over it, quite frankly, when we start asking those types of questions. Well, he's the father me. of lies. He's right. the father yeah. of lies. You know? yeah. yeah. And, and the author of pride. Uh, it sometimes it can even be more subtle um, that maybe I'm so theologically sophisticated or philosophically sophisticated or I'm a science major. I think things are a little bit different than maybe in the past, better. Um, I, this is infantile to believe. You know, God, uh, 
Am I supposed to believe you're really there in that tabernacle? Uh, mm. I think, don't you think that's, that's a bit much? Uh, if you're there, I mean, make sh show it. I mean, you, right. um, I haven't seen any data uh, to the con that, that verifies that you're there. You know, that kind of stuff, that there's a little bit of arrogance and you're, you know, where you're putting God on the spot. Sort of what Satan did with Jesus, you know, uh, where he wanted yep. some answers and the Lord said, do not tempt the Lord your God. You yeah, know? yep, yeah, that's what Pride it is. Pride it, it, it leads to uh, doubt, I mean, real doubt. Yeah, you know, okay. All right. Very good. Uh, along these same lines, one of the things that you mentioned that can lead us to real doubt or cause for real doubt, you mentioned suffering and whether that's personal suffering or just noticing, as you mentioned, some of the atrocities and suffering that are going on in our world today. And Mary sent in an email and she writes this. She says, as a faithful, longtime Catholic who really tries to live the faith at all times, I sometimes doubt that God loves me since... He does not answer my prayers for good things, such as grandchildren entering our life, better relations with family, return to the faith for loved ones. And her question is, Father, why doesn't God intervene since I'm so faithful? Uh, he is intervening. Okay, that's part of faith. Uh, can I prove it on a blackboard? No, not especially her case, but virtually most cases or all cases. Mm -hmm. um, but what we can't do... Uh, is try to fit infinite wisdom in my finite uh, intellectual capacity. Uh, we, if the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph didn't understand where Jesus was coming from, at least at first, how are we going to understand it? That, which is different than doubt. I, Mary did not doubt when, you know, Jesus was lost in the temple and, you know, hey, Mike, you knew better, you, you, you didn't tell us that you're hiding for three days. We're going crazy. Yeah. Um, and then he gives a kind of a, a rough answer. You know, hey, didn't you know I have to be about my father's business or be in my father's house? Right. And then the scripture says Mary did not understand where he was coming from, <laughs> and but she didn't doubt. Um, and where did the Lord come from? He says, well, I got to so I got to prepare my mom. Because this is a child's play in comparison to what's going to happen in Jerusalem in the, in the next, whatever it is, 30 years. Next 30 years, I'll be back in Jerusalem hanging on a cross. And so I got to kind of prepare her for what's in store for her. I mean, she's pretty conversant in the predictions of the Old Testament, but she's got to, I've got to help my mom uh, head in that direction. Mm -hmm. And so you know all sorts of all sorts of reasons yeah but we we can't we can't try to f judge god either how to i mean how do i know what's best for me and how do i know what answers i should get i mean it's very beautiful i want grandchildren that's that's you know that's a very normal desire and it's very normal to pester the lord for that but i can't conclude that the lord is just ignoring me he knows what I need, and a lot of times uh, I think that the perspective I have to have, we all have to have, is what's the end game here? Hmm. Each person's, just like each person is, every, every person is an individual, the quest for holiness is individual. Uh, the end game is my intimate union with Christ, hmm. and I have to defer. I mean, it's, I probably, I think I can speak for everybody. I've had very important things that I've been praying for that have not come true.
and I've had other important things that I have. Yeah. And even people have said that that's the divine intervention, you know, to add a little humor, but it was true. I was praying to, you know, we have a, uh, a blessed Opus Dei, blessed Alvaro Portillo, who is a, he was a prelate of Opus Dei, and I was chaplain for the Chicago Bears, and we were losing to the Lions by three touchdowns or 21 points uh, in the middle of the fourth quarter. Okay. And uh, I, one of the coaches said, well, if you're going to work a miracle, Father, you better hurry up because there's only seven minutes, you know, there's only six <laughs> minutes left for the game. Okay. And they won. They won. Oh, I mean, no. And oh, so really? much so that even wow. the announcer said, you know, these the Bears are, you know, they, you know, they're kind of cheating. They need they're they're getting divine intervention here. Mm, and the coach made everybody hold hands and pray to our Father, and he kind of announced to the whole team that this was a miracle. And someone wanted my autograph when I went to get my car fixed because I guess I was televised on the sideline. Um, so that was clearly I got my way. And uh, many times, as you, we both know, he says no. You know, I think he right. favors the prayers for the Packers. But whatever. <laughs> uh, so we can't fit him in our categories, our mental categories. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah you know, that's and, true. Uh, yeah, so true, so true. And, and experience. And we can't rule out. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Father. We can't rule out what. We can't. We we can't rule out. You know, I'm not God. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Or right. We can't rule out the power of the cross because Amen. we have to see the end game. It's intimacy with him in heaven and holiness of life. My kids are not coming back. Well, I understand that a little bit, okay? It's not that I'm in the dark. Uh, there's nothing more that I want is to see good people, holy people, have their kids come back to the faith or their grandkids. Uh, but if that leads you for greater prayer and more penance and more charity, all right, I, I know where the Lord's coming from. Because these kids eventually somehow will come back. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Amen to that. So, anyway. Talking about dealing with doubt here on The Inner Life today with Father Peter Arminio, our spiritual director. If you have a question about maybe a situation that you're facing in life and you have, yeah, I'm, I'm tempted towards doubt, what should I do? Give us a call at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. I appreciated what you were saying, Father, specifically about Mary not doubting when Jesus was, when she had lost Jesus, basically, and he was, you know, he'd stayed behind in the temple in Jerusalem. And uh, another scriptural example that is brought to us by Vanessa, who sent in an email. She's listening at KEXB 1440 AM in Dallas. And Vanessa says that a difference between a doubt that God can do something and question, and question, you know, is illustrating the difference. Um, she's claiming about how Zechariah responded to the annunciation of the birth of his son John, and Mary's response to the annunciation by the archangel Gabriel. So, um, interesting kind of I thought scriptural kind of interplay there that's going on between what happened with Zechariah and what happened with Mary. Exactly. Well, I think there it's a little bit more. I wouldn't say that Zachary denied uh, what God was telling him. He was just trying to figure out. You know, what never occurs, let's just, just for simplicity's sake, my wife is 75 years old and basically is saying, you know, it would be nice. She, she's been longing for a kid for half a century. Yeah. Uh, how is this going to happen? We're both kind of old. Right. Which is not saying, you know, God is can't do the impossible. It's just wondering how this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where Mary does something similar, uh, you know, I'm, I'm listening, but... I. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stay a virgin, 
well, this is what's going to happen. And she says, okay, I accept it. I believe. Behold the hand of the Lord. She believed more, more, more wholeheartedly than Zachary. I think that's mm. the difference. Okay. I, I wouldn't say Zachary doubted. I just think he was, he was, I don't know, he was more perplexed. He he was almost maybe almost ruling out. Well, is, can this really happen? Because we're too old for this. I mean, he, and uh, where Mary was, listen, I'm up for this, but you know, I'm I'm committed to, to virginity. How's this yeah. going to happen? Okay, so right. it's subtle. Okay. Yep. Yep. And uh, that's I, I appreciate that distinction. But Vanessa, thank you for e- emailing in, and we are grateful that you did so. If you'd like to send us an email, our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Or if you have a question about dealing with doubt, again, triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Back to the phones we go. Patricia calling in from Las Vegas, Nevada. Good morning, Patricia. Thanks for calling the Inner Life. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to finally get through to you. I have the right <laughs> question anyway. I have doubts. I I pray for for things, and then I don't uh, get the right answer. And I always think, well, what makes you think that you're worthy of uh, of God answering you? You know, are you? Uh, I would, I would, I always think, well, why should God answer my question? When, well, uh, we're all unworthy. Worthy. You're probably a lot more worthy than I am. But anyway, we all are unworthy, okay? Uh, we're dealing with a God who's our Father and who loves us infinitely more than we could ever imagine, okay? I mean, that's hard to fit that in in our limited mind or our, our finite minds. Um, he just knows what's best for us. Um, and we are what the answer we want may not be the answer god thinks we need to that we should receive you know god wants a lot more uh for us than an immediate favor he wants us to be uh united to him he, christ is the summation of every possible good i know that takes faith we can't prove that on the blackboard mm-hmm. but that's where god god's heading in that direction and so Yes, we could pester him and we could ask him why and all that, but we want to ultimately defer, you know what's best for me. It has nothing to do with unworthiness, just like a mom or a dad is not going to treat her son or daughter uh, less favorably because their, worthy, their worthiness is not where it should be. That, hmm. That's irrelevant. So I, wouldn't, I like that. Yeah. I wouldn't consider yourself unworthy, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that too, it could be one of those questions that pops in. Thank you, Patricia, for the phone call. And I'm glad you did get through because that that too could be one of those questions that there's at least the, the seeds of the temptation towards doubt in that, right? If we start doubting exactly. our worthiness, yeah, it's, it's, of course. We're start, then we start doubting God. Uh, it, you know, Exactly. Right. He's not going to okay. answer me because I'm unworthy. He doesn't yeah. love me. That's, right. that's a big yeah. no-no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, very good. All right. Well, Patricia, keep praying and keep uh, keep looking for and actually for many of our our callers and emailers. I know that we've we've said numerous times on this program. It's a it's really a worthwhile practice to keep 
keep like a prayer journal that uh, you look back and things the things that you're praying for, because then we can go back and see how the Lord is actually interacting with us and responding to the prayers that we continue to submit to him, the intercessions and petitions we give to him. So thank you for that, Patricia. Appreciate it. We are talking about dealing with doubt today on the program. 888-914-9149 is our, e- is our number, our phone number. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. If you have a question or observation to make about doubt in the spiritual life, do give us a call or send us an email. We'll be back with, an, with more of the inner life right after this. Don't go away. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Engeser taking your phone calls today as we're talking about dealing with doubt with our spiritual director, Father Peter Arminio, priest of Opus Dei and widely sought speaker in his ministry of preaching retreats and days of recollection. Father, um, great conversation we've had thus far, and very interesting email came in from Jeffrey, who's listening in San Francisco. He says, I've been a Mormon for 15 years, he says, but I currently Uh have doubts about the Mormon claim that the church apostatized early on, and I am starting to believe, he says, that the church did continue on from the apostles until now in the Catholic Church. My question is, he says, how can I differentiate between the doubts I have as a Mormon and doubts that others have as a Catholic, as we've been describing? Okay, that's a very good question. Um, yeah, the, let's fa- let's address the easier question: his doubts as a Mormon, even with even with the light of human intellect, faith and reason have to reinforce each other, complement each other, supplement each other. It, it's a reflection of one truth, mm-hmm. uh, expressed light of faith, light of our natural reason reasoning process. And you all you need to do is read history, read the uh, ancient Christian writers, the fathers of the church, the announcements of the church from day one, and you see that there's uniformity. And so there, there you have it. Even, you know, doing your research, you know that there was never a break, at least in the, in the Catholic church. Uh, there's a major break there was a schism, major schism in 1054, then a major break in 1517 with Lutheranism and that branch fragmented. Um, and doubt of the Catholic faith, all right, we, we, a key part of being a Catholic, and that's why a non-Catholic Christian becomes a Catholic, that we believe that it's the fullness of divine revelation is contained in the Catholic Church. It's the deposit of the teachings of Christ. Then we make an act of faith as well, that we have the light of faith to believe that and embrace that. And we have enough motives of credibility, first of all, the light of faith, and the teachings that this is the fullness of the truth, uh, that we are not uh, inculpable in denying those truths of faith. It's part of, you know, accepting what God has revealed. Um, What we can, 
you may maybe another angle to look at this is you know it's been brought to my attention by non-catholic christian is your faith better than mine i said well mm. i don't don't i wouldn't phrase the question that way i think we have to phrase the question as what offers me the most resources to be a disciple of jesus christ and then i say okay these are basics the biggie and that's how people convert <laughs> it's amazing it's not because they were convinced or lost the debate uh the eucharist they said that's big that's huge i mean if we're going to be intellectual or theologically honest that's the biggest longest discourse he gives the eucharist the sacraments the certainty the sacraments give you the guidance of the magisterium uh there's broad parameters but there are parameters of how you interpret what christ says what christ has revealed um those are the those are the resources that we have that would enhance your discipleship uh so that's what i usually say i mean we obviously when you say this is wrong to doubt your catholic faith we're on a level of faith again um because we have a choice to make you know i think we have to believe that we have enough grace not to leave the church uh we could question we could ask for clarity from the lord and the holy spirit but we have enough grace not to leave that church and usually there's it's always no not usually there's a decision made well i'm not going to buy that suffering i i resent god for permitting that so i'm gone or mm -hmm. um my lifestyle is such that i got to make some hard decisions well i don't want to leave aside this lifestyle because if i do uh uh, I'm going to make life less thrilling for myself. So I'm going to question uh, the veracity of the Catholic Church. So yeah, yeah. I don't okay. know if that answers the question. <laughs> Convoluted well, answer. Well, right. And and I think, uh, you know, Jeffrey, certainly you'll be in our prayers, so I appreciate the email. Thank you for emailing in. But one of the things that occurs to me too, Father, is that um, interesting thinking back, you mentioned faith and reason, and it did actually, in seeing Jeffrey's question, I immediately thought of some... Uh, I thought, just thought of uh, Fides et Ratio from St. John Paul II exactly. and, and yes. just how we as a Catholic Church, that we are not, this is from paragraph two, is that the Church is no stranger to the journey of discovery, nor could she ever be. So it's not like, you know, we find the truth in Jesus and then, well, then we just shut our brains off, you know, they're, that right, we're not exactly. interested. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, keep seeking, keep seeking, as we all should do. Yeah, and our prayers, again, are with you, Jeffrey. Thank you for the email. Let's go to Eugene now, calling in from Minneapolis. Eugene, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Well, thank you. Uh, my question, Father, I'm going to keep it simple. I had help from your, uh, uh, from the gentleman that helped me phrase it. When does yeah. uh, doubt become run into us becoming borderline lethal presumptive? lethal presumption when does doubt when we i like what you said questioning is a is can you're you're kind of confirming with your question you're declaring things that right. are solid doubt but i like when you said right. it's not necessarily when you don't understand it's not necessarily doubt when you question god to resolve it i love that way you said that so in response to that i just want to say when do we board get in the dangerous area of of lethal presumption. Well, when presumption is could be the fruit of doubt in the sense that, listen, these teachings are not 
uh, obligatory. Um, I could disregard them uh, because, I mean, if the principal thing is if this is a true faith, God, my God is a God of love, and he is not going to penalize me for uh, sinful behavior, even as sinful as an abortion, because, well, in my circumstances, uh, I'm not mature enough to support whether I'm a, the father or the mother uh, to support the child. I didn't expect it. I've got graduate school. I mean, he's not going to, you know, I have good intentions. So I start to presume that, and I start to create my own conscience. I don't apply the natural law, the teaching of the church. I create it and I apply the the standards I've created. That would be what I think you're talking about. You know, I'm doubting uh, the seriousness of these revelations and the uh, the objectivity of morality endorsed by the church, and I just follow my own. I'm a cafeteria, literally a cafeteria Catholic. I pick and choose. That I think that's what would be a doubt that would be presumptuous or even lethal, at least in the spiritual sense. Sure. So sure. Yeah, I know that for my own part too. I would say that uh, uh, one of the things that I encourage my the students that I teach to do is is never never just think. I mean, it's it's a oft repeated um, sentiment I think these days in the wider society that you know oh, the Catholic Church is so is so steeped in this and 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 ancient and in their thinking and that sort of thing that uh, they don't really know the right way to think about whatever it is in the contemporary social moral realm, you know, whether that's having to do with abortion or sexuality or whatever it might be. And uh, <laughs> I try to reassure them and say, hey, don't you believe it? The Catholic Church is on top of these things like you wouldn't believe that they exactly. are investigating exactly. yeah. these things. Yeah, yeah. So I appreciate that. Eugene, thanks for the call. Let's, Thank uh, you, see if we can, let's see if we can squeeze in Fred, who's calling in from Denver. Fred, welcome to the program. Thanks for calling. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I, w- I was wondering if uh, Father Peter could uh, give a brief homily or an explanation as to what we might be able to take from the original doubter, St. Thomas. I mean, he was right there with all of the other apostles, but he, 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 he said, you know, I can't believe in a risen Lord until I have some physical evidence. I need to put my hand in his side. Um, you know, he, it, that's sometimes that's our our doubt right there is I need, I need some, something concrete. And, uh, I was just wondering if you could, what can we learn from him? Well, what we could learn from him that first of all, uh, he was a loyal friend when he, when Jesus was going to go to Bethany to raise Lazarus, it's Thomas who said, let's go back there and die with him. So, Yes, he was doubting Thomas, but there was a commitment and love for Jesus. Um, He is a kind of your typical doubter because he was blown away by the crucifixion. Uh, This is the most grisly way to die. And there was, Peter announced that he was divine. And so it just did not, he could not, go beyond his logic or his reason, which is limited. And so he was scandalized by the cross, and he just could not reconcile the fact that this is the redemption. This is, even though, was he at fault? Yes, he was. He made these predictions. At least there's three times he makes these predictions, maybe more, and then he heard about the transfiguration. So 
he was culpable of giving in to doubt. But nevertheless, he was he came back to the cynical. He wasn't there the first time. He comes back and he repents and he says something he can't prove. Uh, and I usually use that prayer often. Uh, he see he puts his finger in the side and his hands and all that. And he says, he doesn't say, my, I believe you rose from the dead. He says, my Lord and my God. So he made a jump. He went beyond the humanity of Jesus and, and made an act of faith. And so what we have to do is abide what Jesus said to Thomas after he made that proclamation that he was divine. Blessed are those who believe and yet do not see. Uh, so we need to do that. Um, and then lastly, I think with the cross, if we make an act of faith in the cross, there's always a resurrection, a certain resurrection, a certain clarity, a, a conversion, a transformation, a purification. Uh, maybe not instantaneously, but it kicks in. It eventually kicks in. You know, I, I know that by faith, but I know that by experience as well. So, mm. Fred, thank you for that question. question. It was good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great question, and thanks for bringing that one. Thanks for bringing that one into the conversation as well. Wow, Father, great conversation. We have uh, just <laughs> over was. a minute before we ask for your blessing, but I am I am encouraged and inspired, which is what we set out to do at the outset every day here in the inner life. So grateful for that. Maybe just in the in our closing minute here, Father. Any particular prayers, and especially prayers, because I would say that uh, Jesus is there with us, even in the midst of our temptations to doubt. And so any ways that we can ask for his help if we're tempted toward doubt? Yes, I I would say, well, it's tomorrow's gospel, but uh, to use that simple phrase of the apostles, Lord, increase my faith. Or the other plea for faith from this man who had his, uh, his son was afflicted with an unclean spirit. Sure. I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. And I, there's no way around it. We need to spend time in prayer for this. No question about it. And open up our, cell, our, our hearts to the Lord. Not a quickie, but, you know, some substantial prayer. Uh, as Jesus told his last admonition was, pray that you not enter into temptation. I don't think it was a temptation to lie or steal uh, it was a temptation to, to disbelieve in the cross. And uh, so prayer has that function as well. So that's 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 my advice. I try to apply it to myself first. So. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's right. And it seems like in just engaging the Lord in this conversation in the midst of some yes. of the things that we really, I mean, that, that in and of itself is, in a way, it's an act of faith, right? It's a faith that I'm a- not amen. just speaking uh, these absolutely. words into the empty air. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right. exactly. Somebody's hearing exactly. me. Right. Exactly. Father, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Pleasure's uh, mine, we, Patrick. Thank could you. Could we have a blessing from you, please? Yeah, sure. Yes. Uh, Heavenly Father, please, uh, you have sent your Son so that we would believe in the power of your love for us. Increase the grace in all of us, especially our listeners, that we believe more fervently. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Great being with you. God bless you all. Amen. Thank you, Father. Father Peter Arminio is our spiritual director today in dealing with doubt. I'm guessing there's somebody in your life who needs to hear that. Hop on over to relevantradio.com slash innerlife. Listen again and share the show with others. We'd love to hear from you as well. And our, and our email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Coming up next is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with our celebrant today, Father Matthew Seminar. And after that, a little bit more of the Faith Explained with Caleb Clark. Stay tuned for that as well. Until next time, 